All right, welcome back to another episode of It's Okay to Feel. I'm your host, Craig. With me as always... I'm the sidekick, Steve. Uh, This week we're going to jump into a pretty important topic. Um, We're going to talk about crisis intervention, uh, the kind of different ways that uh, we have to intercede a crisis and um, the different resources out there that we can find to help a loved one if they are in a crisis. Um, You want to start off by kind of your definition of what a crisis is? or Yeah, well, in fairness, we're not going to talk about all the things that can be done when somebody's in a crisis place, a place of crisis, but we're going to talk about two of them that in Orange County are very important. One is through BeWell, that's the, the mobile response units, and the other one is the warm line. And we'll probably end up talking about the warm line first. That's a, a program that NAMI Orange County runs uh, because the county has been generous enough to fund the program. And it's been going for 12 or 13 years and has grown every single year. When it first started, it was only open about eight hours a day, five days a week, maybe six. But but the point is, open only on a limited basis. And during COVID, it was expanded to 24-7. So there's not a time of the day that you can call and somebody won't answer the phone. Um, and And the people who work at the warm line are, I believe, without exception, people who are living with some sort of a mental health challenge. Um, Obviously, some more serious than others, uh, but they all certainly understand what it's like to go through a crisis when you have challenges to your mental health. And, uh, And because of that, we're able to listen empathetically to the people as they call in. I think currently we average... Uh, around, um, I'm going to get this right, we average around uh, about 11,000 calls a month. Um, The average length of a call is uh, about 15 minutes. It seems like it swings back and forth between 14 and 17. And and we listen to to the people and and how they're feeling and... and, uh, you know how they are and and it doesn't seem like there's any particular time where the calls let up it seems like they're always coming in as those of you that are familiar with the topic of warm lines or hotlines or helplines uh, know that many 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 have opened since we started the NAMI Orange County warm line but the interesting thing is that the more that they seem to open the more calls we'd get. You would think California now has a warm line, and you would think, well, gee, if California's going to have a warm line for the whole state, we're going to lose incoming calls here in Orange County. That hasn't been the case. It seems like the more warm lines that open, the more calls we get. Um, Because, as many of you know, part of the problem is that people just are lonely and they're disconnected. And the warm line gives them a place to be connected, and it doesn't shut down at 10 o'clock at night or 8 o'clock at night. It's open all through the day, and there are people all through the day that need someone to talk to and to be heard and uh, 
and to listen respectfully and empathetically to their their particular plight. So uh, there are also also some exciting things on the horizon for the warm line. Um, Again, the county, uh, through its generous funding, we're expanding. So any warm line, any helpline, any hotline has policies regarding how long the phone can ring before it's answered. Because in order to answer the calls immediately, you have to have the staff there to do it. And we've never, at NAMI Orange County, has never had quite enough staff. And so our policy has been two minutes. If the phone rings for two minutes and no one answers, no one picks it up, then they go to a uh, a messaging machine. And of course, we return those calls. But, you know, when you feel like you're in a jam, you don't want your call returned. You want your call answered. Well, the county kind of seized on that issue and uh, and they want us to be able to answer every call when it comes in and answer them fairly promptly. Um, and hopefully that will begin to happen in July. Uh, the other thing that the county wants, and I say county, we're talking about the Board of Supervisors and the Department of Behavioral Health. Uh, they'd also like us to be able to answer the phone calls and languages in addition to English, and uh, come again July, we hope that we're able to answer the calls in Vietnamese and Spanish, and we'll see how that works. But again, as always, 24-7, and no wait. You you call in, and we answer the phone. Um, so it's it's quite a qu- quite significant in terms of helplines. I'm not aware of any helplines or warm lines where more calls are coming in. Um, and I think, you know, the, the the reason for the success, obviously, it's all the people that work there and their leadership um, that has been promoting, promoting the stability of the warm line and also the, the, uh, the people who work there. I probably have talked long enough, Craig. So the warm, so the warm line is basically, you know, your first level of crisis. You know, it's not a serious, serious crisis. Maybe you need someone to talk to. You're feeling lonely. Um, you know, it's even up to the extent of if you're feeling suicidal and you need to tell somebody, um, you'd call this number. But you know, that's all they're doing, right? They're talking. They're offering resources. Well, and and if if the the incoming call, the uh, mentors, those are the folks that answer the warm line, if they believe a person is suicidal, many, many, many times through the conversation, they they, they begin to calm down. But if they don't, uh, they're referred to, to D. Hirsch in L.A., who is, is prepared to deal with those kind of suicide, suicidal calls. Um, so we, we don't just leave them after 15 minutes. We get them transferred right up to Dee Hirsch. Perfect. Um, what would you say, you know, is a, is a good situation to call the warm line? You know, is it anything, we anything have, and everything? We or? have lots of people who call the warm line who live with a serious mental illness. We have lots of family members of those very same people who call the warm line. Because for families that have experienced this, it's a very lonely road. Uh, and oftentimes, 
and oftentimes um, it's a single mom trying to work with a family member by herself or at least without any other within the family support. Um, and so just to be able to talk to someone who's who understands, who's been down the road, can be very helpful. Um, How long does a phone conversation usually last? Around 15 minutes. Okay. And then are they offering... You know, is it just to talk? Are they offering resources? Are they trying it, to, you know, get you in heading in the right direction? Or are they just trying to calm you down and have somebody to talk to? Well, I think the first thing, as I think I've already said, is the empathetic listening. If somebody is looking for resources, yes, we do have numbers we can give folks that will help them find housing or a therapeutic environment uh, or other kinds of things through the county. Um, and and certainly they refer people to those things. Um, but the, the number one, the major factor is the empathetic listening. Yes. And it's nice to have people on the ready to talk to whenever you need to, right? Yep. yep. There's always, always somebody there. And then, the, so that's kind of the first, you know, easiest to access, um, you know, the least amount of crisis involved, right? Or, um, you can stop the crisis as soon as possible by calling something like the warm line. And then I'd say the next or one of the next levels of escalation is something like b doing, right? The crisis response units, the mobile crisis response and units. And when did these start? They started a little over a year ago. And uh, why, at, why did they start? Well, we've all driven down the street and see people who clearly are struggling. That is, they may be homeless. They may be mentally ill or they may appear to be mentally ill. They be, may be mentally ill and homeless. Um, and, and also many of them are affected by substance use disorders. And so they, they, they kind of appear as you drive by to be kind of a derelict, if you will. And in other words, the person driving by doesn't have any idea what's wrong. Uh, but because of appearances you you wonder what is wrong and so the crisis response unit which is currently available in six different uh, actually five different locations in the county you you call the local police department and the first first the police department uh will ask about did you see any guns or weapons involved of any sort and assuming there is nothing like that going on, then the mobile crisis response unit will go and make contact with the person. And it's a very low-key kind of an intervention. So, uh, and, and I've done ride-alongs with these teams, and it seems like generally the opening line is, uh, would you like a bottle of water? Um, and sometimes the answer is yes, and sometimes it's no. Is there anything I can do to help you? And sometimes it's yes, and sometimes it's no. And sometimes when it is no, the people on the, the, the mobile response units will say, well, can I give you my card so that if you change your mind, you can call me? And typically the people who go out with the mobile response units are the same people every time, and the pe people they're interacting with 
in a particular city are the same people every time. So after a period of time, you kind of know who you're dealing with. You recognize, hey, that's Craig. You know, we've been here before. And he recognizes the people in the crisis response unit. He recognizes their faces. And currently, the rapid response units are operational in Huntington Beach, in Garden Grove, Newport Beach, Anaheim, and, and as we speak now, being added to the police department at UCI in Irvine. Um, and what happens to those folks can be any of a number of things. One, they can be left where they are, because again, this is not uh, a unit that's going to enforce anything on anyone. Uh, if, if they can talk them into getting help, that may happen. But if they don't want help, they want to just stay where they are as long as they're not, you know, violating any laws, they're going to leave them right where they found them. Um, but assuming that they are looking for help, they could be taken to the hospital. They could be taken to be well in Orange. Uh, a very small percentage of the people are taken either to the hospital or to be well in Orange. Um, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember the other things, but they have a whole list of things that they might do with this person. Again, assuming the person wants help because this, the, the mobile response units are not going to force anyone to do anything. Uh, as long as the person is safe, um, they may just leave them where they find them and, and may be there the next day and the next day and the next day. And it's only on the fourth day that they're, they decide that they're willing to get some help. Um, but from the time that someone, and it could be anyone, calls a local police department to the time that the mobile response unit actually arrives on site is generally about 15 minutes, which is fairly quick. Uh, the police departments in the cities that were operational like this program very much because most police officers are not hired for their ability to listen empathetically. They're hired for other things. And uh, the people who are in the response unit, you have generally, you have one clinician and you have one EMT. So they're prepared to interact with people with substance use disorders and people who are mentally ill and people who are just homeless. Um, and again, it started, I, I said, a little over a year ago. It's actually, it's about a year and a half. Uh, and, and we're operating in five cities and currently... Uh, running around 1,500 calls a month in those cities. Now, unfortunately, it doesn't. This doesn't operate 24/7. We wish it did, but as you can probably guess, all of this costs money, and so the more money we have, the the greater our ability to respond will be. Um, but there's certainly solutions for everyone. Uh, but again, we don't enforce. We don't force solutions on anyone uh, but we try to kind of guide them in the right direction have you seen well, i don't know if you have this kind of data but have you seen a significant change in the responses from the interventions when the police used to do it rather than when the response team does it now well does that make sense i'm not sure i'm going to give you the right answer to your question or not but Police departments in the cities that we're operating like this program very much because, as I think I've already said, most police officers are not hired because they're empathetic listeners. 
they're hired because they were, they're veterans largely. And when they come into a situation, uh, they can escalate it just by their appearance. And what we're trying to do is de-escalate the situation. And so in that arena, we are very effective. Uh, you know, and, and, and the police departments then are able to do the things that they do best, which means dealing with bad guys. And we're not talking about bad guys. We're talking about people who have diseases of the brain or and or are homeless. Do you know if more people have been calling because of the response team? Does that make sense? Are the called, I, I think if you look at line graphs for all five cities that I've mentioned, the numbers generally are going up as time passes. And then when they pick up the place, what kind of places do they bring them to? Do they bring them to Be Well? Is it just whatever's available? Well, obviously availability is an issue, but a small percentage are taken to Be Well. Some people are taken to college, hospital. I say that. These are places we've taken people when I have been involved. Uh, but that's not to say there aren't other places right. as well. But they're good at finding the resources on the fly and helping yeah. out the community as much as they can. Yeah, these vans are, are uh, converted so that they can transport people safely. And as as I think I've hinted at already, in all of these vans you'll find cases of fresh water and candy bars and all sorts of things. So they haven't eaten or drank in a while. That's exactly right. They, well, I think these things are very important especially working at the hospital obviously i'm in the emergency room and seeing you know the front line of people that don't know that there's stuff like the warm line out there they don't know about the crisis response team all they know is to call an ambulance and go to the hospital get the phone number for the warm line you know but um the the important thing is you know there's a definitely a few more steps before that's even necessary right and yep. the the intervention to the crisis could have began, you know, months before reaching the hospital if you knew that there's options throughout here, you know, and it's and knowing there's options like this is, um, you know, part of your recovery process. It's just as important as knowing your triggers, because once you're triggered, how do you respond to that? And so knowing, you know, that there's options just by picking up the phone. Right. So to access the, the mobile response units, you call the police department in Huntington Beach, in Garden Grove, in Newport Beach, in Anaheim, or at UCI. Uh, so depending upon where you're calling from, you, you know, that will depend on the, the number you actually call. And for the warm line, the Orange County warm line, you will call 714 991 6412. And again, it's those calls are answered 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Call or text. You can you can text as well. Yes, exactly right. Which is good. Well, I hope you guys have more information about the options out there for you. Um we'll be sure to put the links and the numbers in the description below so you know where to find them. Um and again, just don't hesitate to call. Don't hesitate to reach out. This isn't for, you know, specific people. This is for everyone, you know, family members and all. And anyone that has a question or they need help with something, you know, that's what they're there for. Yep. And they're all very friendly and nice people. 
Yep. So with that, we're going to end it this week. Uh, Thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you next time. Great. Thank you.